Welcome to the Improve It Podcast. Three Emmy Awards, 52 million views on YouTube, top 25 from People Magazine's Most Powerful Latinas, 250,000 followers on social media. These are just a few of the highlights of today's guest, Gabby Natalie. So, improve the peeps. Oh my God. This episode, the series of episodes that you are going to absorb, consume, eat with a side of popcorn are amazing. This was one of the most fascinating conversations. So let me set you up. Start here, episode 162, to learn all about Gabby. I'm going to give you a brief overview of her background. So Gabby is an Emmy-winning journalist, as you heard me say, and a best-selling author on a mission to awaken the pioneer spirit in each of us. Gabby is among just a few women in the entertainment industry who not only owns the rights to her media content, but also a television studio. This unique situation has allowed her to combine her passion for media and her entrepreneurial spirit, which continues to help her break barriers. Now, in 2021, which you're going to hear us talk about, Gabby became the first Latina author to be published by the leadership division of Harper Collins. Her first book, The Virtuous Psych- or Circle, became an instant bestseller, topping Amazon's new releases charts in three different categories, business, inspiration, and self-help. What an amazing feat. Now, what has made the book so successful is that it offers readers actionable strategies on how to channel their innate strength and abilities to best work for them. So check this book out. It is fantastic, all right? Gabby has been in Forbes, CNN, BuzzFeed, NBC News, Univision, and Latino Leaders Magazine. And like I said, in 2018, People Magazine named her one of the 25 most powerful Latinas, highlighting the inspirational story of how she went from a local TV show that started out of a carpet warehouse which we get into, to becoming the only Latina in U.S. history to win triple back-to-back daytime Emmys. In the digital world, she has a thriving fan base with over 52 million views on YouTube and 250K thousand followers on social media. She's also an entrepreneur and is the founder of Naganar Media, a marketing company with a focus on Hispanic audiences that serves Fortune 500 companies such as Hilton, Sprint, eBay, Amazon, She has a bachelor's in international relations and a master's in journalism from the University of San Andres and Columbia University. And prior to starting in television, she taught communication and journalism courses at the University of Texas. This three-part series, Improve It People, is going to blow your mind. The theme of the podcast this month is evolution, and we are going to hear the full story of how Gabby came to be, her past, how she has helped hundreds of thousands of others pioneer their own path, her present, and what she is looking forward to in her future. So let's get to it. Let's improve it with Gabby Natalie. Gabby. Okay. I'm so excited to chat with you. We just, it's always funny because we always talk before we hit record and now we're recording and nothing's really changed, but I'm, I'm truly, I woke up today so excited for this conversation 
And we met through our our mutual coach, Jane Atkinson, who's been a guest on this show before. And we had these monthly coaching calls and I met you through that. But I will be honest with you, and I told you this before, I didn't follow you. I didn't know anything about the work that you did. And then after I started tuning in and watching you pioneer I am shook, Gabby. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So I want to ask you, I want to start this, the podcast off with this. What's one word or an intention that you want to get out of this show or even give to this show today? I think it would be good if we had to say it in one word for people who are listening to us, if we could bring them some some more clarity because clarity is hard to find sometimes and you need to have a moment for yourself to have it you know or maybe something that stuck you in the head and like (laughs) okay I don't want to do this anymore I'm not coming back to this relationship or do this job or I don't want to do this in this way so clarity is precious so if we could give people just a little bit of clarity in whatever they are going through today that's a gift you know Oh my God. Yes. And you know, we say no mistakes, only gifts. And I will say the gift of clarity is something I searched for probably for 39 years of my life. And I kind of feel like I've scratched the surface of it now, but I think if somebody listening here today is wondering how in the world do I see clearer? How do I see the person that I want to become? I, I just have this gut feeling, Gabby, that you're going to help us get there. And I love that intention for the show because this month is all about evolution. It's all about evolving and growth and becoming the person that we are here to be or remembering the person that we're here to be. So I've already given a background of your of your bio to our audience. We call them the Improve It Peeps. I want to start off with just you as young Gabby. So what were you like? And and did you know <laughs> that you were going to work in entertainment? Was this something you just knew? It's funny because just yesterday I was talking to my father and I was telling him about, um, you know, um, a leadership development uh, program that I did in New York for Estee Lauder and, and many of the things I'm doing in speaking. And he told me like, do you remember when you graduated from kindergarten <laughs> that they gave you this little diploma and you had to go on stage and they started clapping and you did not leave the stage and you started going, like, you know, like the artists and everybody started laughing. And then the director from that school in kindergarten said, I think we have an actress here. And I'm not an actress, but, uh, you know, you said like you, we are remembering we, we, when we when you said clarity, you said like we are discovering, realizing, or maybe remembering. And when my father brought that up, you know, I said like, how come when we are in such a pure state in childhood, we have these impulses, these qualities that are so strong enough in us that even at age 45, you know, with all the social conditioning we go through, I find myself like going back to an episode that started when I was maybe five years old. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Ah, keep going. Keep going. 
still here for this. I guess, I guess consciously, if you said like, you were, were you thinking about this or that when you were a little child? Maybe not so much. Yes, I was always like thrilled and delighted and in awe of seeing like the showgirls with like in Argentina, the world, the, all these shows where they put glitter and they were dancing but I was never really a dancer, but I was just fascinated by this world. I guess I was fascinated by the world of performance, by the world of television, the world of media, the world of color, design. All of that was like a very basic instinct in me of, you know, staring at all that, at all those people and that world. But then what happened also was that I was good at school. And so in our minds, for some reason, you're either athletic or you're either creative or you're either the nerdy type and intellectual. And I have many things that didn't really quite fit in just one category. Uh, but at some point, I convinced myself like, hey, you're intelligent at school. Things are going fine. Why not, you know? you know, focus more on that. And I remember uh, when I was about to graduate from high school, my first choice was to do fashion design because I love colors. I, you know, you cannot, you know, you cannot tell today because I'm dressed all in black, but uh, you know, I love colors. I love design. I love this world of creativity. But uh, at that time, I'm originally from Argentina. So at that time in Argentina, it was not a career that you could do in college. It was more like courses, something more informal, I come from a family, both my parents are lawyers, so they're very structured. So there were like either five careers that you could do in my home. You could be a doctor, you could be an architect, you could be, you know, an economist and two more things. And that's it. That was the whole yeah. catalog. So I, te I did these tests where you find out like, you know, uh, with, with, a, with, with somebody who has a background in, um, in psychology, like which are the good matches for you in terms of careers. And I, the, the ranking, I ranked uh, higher in careers that were called persuasion careers. And mm. persuasion careers were uh, journalism, public relations, international relations, also law. And I knew law. I didn't want it because I had enough lawyers in my family. Uh, so I love journalism, but it was kind of, can I make a living as a journalist? How is my life going to look like? And I was 17. I was insecure. Uh, and so I said, I love traveling. So why not international relations? And that's what I studied. And I graduated um, on international relations. My bachelor's, my master's is journalism. My bachelor's is international relations. But here's my mindset when I was 17. I want to travel around the world. But you can travel as a cocktail maker. You can travel yeah. as a DJ. You can travel as so many things around the world. So I really think we make these big decisions early in life. And then maybe we are sometimes undoing them to reconnect with the ones we were when we were five years old, you know? Mm. Mm. So it was almost like you felt like you had to do the, these other things versus going on that stage as five-year-old Gabby, not wanting to get off while getting her little kindergarten diploma and take it, you know, which I have the same sort of feeling. Do you feel, and let me ask you this now, just, you know, sticking with this theme of the past, when you were on stage at five years old and you loved it, 
Is that similar to the feeling that you get when you're able to connect and reach an audience now? Do you still feel that same feeling? I think it's more joyful when you're younger and you do it for fun because this was an unexpected thing. When I do it as a job, usually I enjoy it more after the fact than during it because during it, I am like very focused on being present and then making sure, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm connected, that I, you know, I'm not forgetting because of the emotion, the next thing that I have to say, uh, that, you know, we have a monitor in front of us that tells us how much time we have. So there's a part of me that is saying, okay, are you going too fast? Are you going too slow? How are you going on the time? So I'm present, but I'm also checking on multiple things. So when things go, go right, and I enjoy it a lot, many times is I enjoy it a lot, but in retrospect, in I the moment, you. I am very, uh, I'm, my attention is in a lot of things. So it's not as relaxed as after the fact. That makes so much sense. Okay. So you get this degree in um, international relations, right? And so you're now going out and doing this work. This was one of my favorite pieces of research that I found of you, which is not hard to find. It's on your website, but it just made me so happy to hear this. So you started working. So Okay. Tell me how this went from this international relations degree to then you worked at a local TV show that started in a carpet warehouse. Mm-hmm. How did, what was that jump? And then tell me about that job. Cause that just, that to me <laughs> yeah. is just exactly how I picture all of this. That just paints such a picture of how it all started, but then the evolution is just beautiful. So how, how did that happen? So um, I studied um, international relations and, one year before graduated, I did an exchange experience and I went to London uh, to study in London. And what I realized is that London is really expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. And so I started uh, working as a waitress at the same time, you know, as a cocktail maker at the same time. And um, worst cocktail maker ever because I almost don't drink alcohol. I have no idea what I was doing, but the clients were drunk. They couldn't care less. So, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I had very little disposable income and I realized this was the pre-YouTube world. I realized the, the little disposable income that I had, I was spending it in buying tickets for the London Film Festivals to see documentaries. I was not buying clothes. I was not buying shoes, lipstick, anything from the typical things I would buy to indulge myself. And so I said I had this moment of clarity, talking about clarity, Mm, this moment mm -hmm. of clarity when I realized this means something. And I realized this means I, I have a passion and this passion is so strong. I'm giving up whatever little indulgence I can afford right now just to be there to see this documentary. So I came back, I started, I graduated and I started my master's degree and I graduated at a time, you know, how when you graduate, you want to take over the world, you want to eat the world, but the world had a very different plan for me because uh, at the time in Argentina, it was one of its biggest crisis with 20% unemployment, riots in the streets, 
and we had five presidents in 10 days. Imagine that. Wow. Really crazy. Um, so I spent two years unemployed, and I'm going to make a long story short. One day a friend calls me. She needs help. I think it's help as a journalist, and she tells me, no, I am working for a public relations firm that is putting together an international conference, and I need help. But the help that I need is help moving chairs and handing out flyers, waving at people when they arrive. And I'm calling you because you are my friend and we don't have a budget. So come work for free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me start. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. This is fascinating. So because she was my friend, I said yes. And I remember I told my mom, this is the proof that I am a total failure. I have a master's in journalism. I'm going there to work for free, not even as a journalist, but just to move chairs and hand out flyers. And my mother gave me a wonderful advice. She said, tomorrow you're going to go there and you're going to put your red lipstick, red lipstick, best attitude, and pretend they're paying you a million dollars, even if you're working for free. Because let me tell you what, Gabriela. You never know when opportunity will knock on your door. Uh. And my mother, I don't know, she's kind of a psychic, maybe, because the following day I went there, did my best job, best attitude. And by noon, I see my friend, she's coming in panic because the translator canceled. And she had a whole delegation of professors coming from George Washington University, nobody to translate. I was bilingual. So I dropped the chairs, I dropped the flyers, I started translating for them. To make a long story short, that contact that I did that day when I almost didn't show up because I was too embarrassed and somehow the big, big shot master's uh, uh, journalism with a master's degree, you know, would not maybe do that job. That day was the day that changed my life because that day, I connected with this delegation and then I started doing what we now call telework. We didn't have even a word for that right now, right at the time. And uh, one year later, when they landed a big account and they needed somebody who was, in, who was in a junior position that was bilingual, guess who was first in line, top of mind, Gabi Natale. So they made me an offer. I come to the United States. And I'm trying to get to the carpet warehouse, but so many things happen in my life, <laughs> barely getting there. So I started working in Washington, D.C. for this public relations firm. They have clients from all Latin America and the United States. We do a campaign for governor. Our candidate wins. I move to Mexico. I spend one year there. I start covering uh, the issues, immigration issues between Mexico and the United States. Univision sees my work, they hire me, I come to the United States, and then once finally, 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 my green card gets approved, I say, finally, right now, I can start my own company. And that was another moment of clarity when I realized that I really wanted to call the shots creatively on my work. Uh, so I quit this job that everybody told me I'm crazy, everybody's killing to work on camera for Univision. And I created my own company and I started pitching this idea of creating my own company and a show that would portray women with the dignity and respect that I think we deserve, not in, an, in a stereotypical way. 
And when I pitched it locally in this, um, in this uh, West Texas city, that was a very small city, everybody turned me down except one TV station who was based in a, a strip mall. And they said, our studio is being used and busy all the time. We can do business with you. But the only way for us to have you in our channel is for you to record your show out of a carpet warehouse we have in the back, not from the TV studio. Would you consider, would you consider doing a show out of a carpet warehouse? And my husband and I, we said yes, because even at that time we knew, Erin, that doing a TV show out of a carpet warehouse was infinitely better, superior than doing nothing at all. And that's why we said yes. And the rest was evolution. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm so... See, again, you never know when you ask questions what you can learn. And I'm so glad that we learned this about you, Gabby. Like, first and foremost, this story blows my mind. And it's just the power. First of all, you let go of control to gain your own control. We talked about letting go of control before we hit record on this show which is awesome. You took a risk. You took a, you leaped before you even knew what was going to happen, which is so awesome. And then it got you to this really cool space where you can be creative, where you have the control to, con- to show women as you want and portray women as you want on camera, which I think is so fascinating. Gabby, this story blows my mind. Okay, and prove it, peeps. Gabby is the real deal. Thank you for checking out this episode. Make sure you tune in for episodes 163 and 164. So many lessons that we can take away from early Gabby. What I want you to think about is your younger self. Is there something in your younger life that when you think back to pops up as a core memory that brings you joy. For Gabby, it was standing on stage at her kindergarten graduation, really not wanting to leave that stage in that moment. For you, it might be working with a project with your hands. It might be helping in the garden with your grandmother. It might be playing double dare as the television host in your living room. Just talking for a friend here. Think back to younger you. And then we're going to bring this forward in the next two episodes as we continue with our theme of evolution and part two and three with Gabby Natali. Hey, friend, did you enjoy today's show? If so, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, did I mention that when you leave a five-star review of the Improve It podcast, an actual team of humans does a happy dance? Mm-hmm, that's right. So leave a review for us on iTunes, screenshot it, and send me an email at info at learntoimproveit.com. I'll send you a personalized video back as a thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Improve It, peeps. I'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs>